Chapter Five of Molly Brown's Senior Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. All's well that ends well. Will somebody please inform me how they can get up a lunch for this crowd in an hour's time? asked Nance, who, having spent her life in the narrow quarters of a boarding house, was not accustomed to avalanches of unexpected guests. Oh, I don't think it will be very difficult, Molly replied. Major Fern is a farmer. He probably has lots of hams in the smokehouse and plenty of eggs in the henhouse and milk in the dairy and preserves and pickles in the pantry. And if there isn't enough bread, the cook can make up some hot biscuits or cornbread. I know it couldn't embarrass you, Molly dear. You'd be sure to find plenty of food for company, laughed Nance. But Molly was not far wrong in her suppositions of the lunch that Major Fern unexpectedly called upon his wife and daughters and servants to prepare. Alice was the only member of his family who was not entirely cordial when the senior class of Wellington at last descended upon the big old farmhouse at lunchtime, she had buttered and sliced bread until her back ached, and she cast many angry glances at her ruddy-faced father, tranquilly slicing ham in the pantry. There are times when Papa is a real nuisance, she thought angrily while mrs fern pointed out piles of plates on the pantry shelf to a maid her husband told her the history of the morning so you see my dear he finished that this party is really charlie's party we are doing it for his sake it would be just the sort of thing he would have done himself i remember he brought his entire class home once to Sunday morning breakfast. He had invited them and forgotten to mention it to mother. And they made a wreath for him, asked Mrs. Firm irreverently, as she wiped a tear from her eye. The major blinked and went on slicing ham industriously. It's as fresh in my mind as if it happened yesterday, he said presently in a low voice how handsome and gay he was added his wife sighing as she counted out a pile of napkins and now there came the sound of singing in front of the house the seniors had arrived and were serenading the major and his family wellington my wellington they sang and mrs fern paused in her counting to listen to the song she herself had sung as a girl listen to the children they are serenading us major do come out with me and meet them the major laid down his carving knife and fork and followed his wife to the front door and presently the girls found themselves in the comfortable sunny parlor of the big old house that seemed to ramble off at each side into wings and meander back into other additions in the rear. 
they forgot their grievances in the fun of that party but the miracle which always provides for generosity to give there was plenty of lunch just as molly had predicted it wasn't a very difficult guess she observed to nance if you had lived in the country and were subject to unexpected arrivals you'd know just how to go about getting up an impromptu meal for a lot of people as for the good old major he was quite determined to enjoy himself he wanted to hear all the college jokes and songs he even told some exmoor jokes and after each joke he laughed until his face turned an apoplectic red and the tears rolled down his cheeks mrs firm laughed too she was an old wellington girl and her eldest daughter natalie had graduated from the college a year before molly had entered it had been a great disappointment to mrs fern that alice the youngest daughter was not inclined to college and had gone to a fashionable boarding school after the senior stunts when judy had succeeded in throwing the major into another apoplectic fit of laughter by playing birdie's dead on the piano it was time to go back to fern woods where they were to meet the wagons while the girls were pinning on their hats the major in a voice husky from much laughing asked nance as it happened to be which girl had suggested the wreath he had seen at the foot of the oak tree nance pointed out molly and the major presently beckoned her to follow him into his library unlocking one of the desk drawers he drew out a faded photograph the picture showed a laughing handsome boy not more than eighteen his curly hair was ruffled all over his head as if he had just come in out of the wind and his merry eyes looked straight into molly's that is charlie said the major looking over molly's shoulder at the picture my younger brother charlie his death was the greatest sorrow i have ever known poor charlie poor boy the old man turned away to hide the tears in his eyes and molly laid the photograph back in the drawer charlie would have enjoyed all this even more than i have went on the major it would have been just what he would have done under the circumstances i saw the wreath you see and it touched me very deeply the girls will appreciate your kindness all the more when i tell them said molly not knowing how else to express the sympathy she felt ah well it all happened half a century ago he said shaking her hand and patting it gently at the same time he is a dear thought molly following him into the hall she saw one other photograph in the fern house that interested her it was a picture of professor edwin green very elaborately framed standing on a dressing-table in one of the bedrooms alice fern kept well in the background while her mother and father and elder sister entertained the senior class 
of wellington she had done her duty by the lunch and she was not going to mingle in this crowd of unknowns i never could bear a college romp she had said to her mother who had remonstrated with her daughter i trust you don't call your mother a college romp answered the old lady indignantly not at all mamma you belong to the early days of wellington before romps came into existence alice replied sharply i am sure you may have to see a great deal of college if began mrs fern and broke off abruptly alice shrugged her shoulders if if she thought how i detest that word on the way back that afternoon the old queen's girls held a council of war i think we ought to make it our business to find out who played this trick on us cried margaret if it takes detective work to do it our dignity as seniors has been attacked and the standards of wellington lowered i don't believe any juniors had a hand in it put in judy because we are so friendly with them nance nudged molly she's afraid somebody's going to blame that charling adele she whispered if it's any of the wellington girls it's more likely to be among the sophomores announced edith decisively they were rather a wild lot last year but we were too busy to notice them a good deal like a gang of bad boys in their own set always playing practical jokes yes but would they dare play jokes on us interrupted margaret they dare do anything answered edith and white is the ringleader i only know her by sight so i can't judge of her character but i heard that miss walker had her on the grill several times last winter what does she look like someone asked why she's as demure as anything a petite brown-haired inconspicuous little person you'd never suspect her of being so daring but i happen to know of one reckless performance of hers that prexy hasn't heard of do tell they demanded with breathless curiosity you'll let it go no farther word of honor now word of honor they repeated in a chorus one night last spring she let herself down from the dormitory with a rope ladder and went well i don't know where she went but she got back safely enough up the ladder no that was the wonderful part she simply waited till morning and when the gates were open slipped in in time for chapel the girls were rather horrified at this story it's shocking the chorus exclaimed it does sound so went on edith impressively if i didn't happen to know that she spent the night with good old mrs murphy who told it to me herself one day in a burst of teacup confidence and i never let it out to any one but katherine until today but it does seem the moment for telling it 
if she did play that dastardly trick but we aren't sure it was anne white put in molly no but it's her style she sent a girl a live mouse through the mail and she broke up one of the sophomore class meetings by putting tic-tacs on the window how silly ejaculated mabel hinton but what was she doing down on the campus and what did mrs murphy think of being waked up at midnight asked judy it wasn't midnight it was only a little before eleven and anne told mrs murphy she had done it for a lark she was awfully frightened and mrs murphy began by being shocked and ended by being kind-hearted the latter had slipped down and she couldn't get up and she didn't know what to do so it happened that without meaning to be unjust the seniors secretly blamed anne white for the pillaging of their lunch hampers but there was no evidence and they could only wait and be watchful as margaret expressed it end of chapter five